Hello everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of Spill Your Beans. Today we are back with another trilogy review. We haven't done one of these in ages. It might even be, yeah, since the MCU Part 2 one, episode 14. But today, episode 18, we're returning to Star Wars with the wonderful Cooper Britton. Of course. Who else? Hello. Yeah, who else? <laughs> Hello. Who else? Uh, you were in episode 2 uh, was, yes, of this podcast, the very, very start of this. Um, we recorded that... I think before I even had the podcast launched, so it was a very different time, um, and we talked about the prequel trilogy for Star Wars, uh, yeah. so I talked about that, so if you haven't already listened to that, guys, go and do it, go and do it, there's a lot of fun there as well. Uh, but today we're going to be talking about the originals, the um, original three, the renowned ones for being, you know, the best, the original, the, the best, yeah. in some cases, so I'm sure we'll talk about that in all, uh, in due course, but yeah, so... For those who maybe didn't catch the first one, what does Star Wars mean to you, Cooper? What what kind of got you into it? It's as sad as it is that uh, it was actually Force Awakens that got me into Star Wars. Boo! Into Star I remember Wars. this last. I remember this last time. I remember booing you then as well. <laughs> Shame on you. Because like, Cooper. I've always <laughs> like like watched it. Like I watched Clone Wars when I was a kid and everything. Yeah. But like, to, what properly got me into it? And I watched all the films when I was a kid, obviously. But what properly got me into it and got me into the law and to watch everything else and play all the games was. The Force mm. Awakens, and it, I don't know, I just enjoy it. Like, I enjoy watching the films. I'm very passionate about it. Like, I like the extended lore, and I think the characters in some circumstances are written very well, and that's kind of what I get attached to. Mm. I think it has a lot going for it, and I think, like, especially, yeah. I remember at the time, even looking at the trailer for Force Awakens, I still get excited, even if I'm not a huge fan of the film. I'm sure we'll talk yeah, about so. that in the next season of this podcast, uh, whenever we yeah. get round to the sequel trilogy. Um but which I'm sure there'll be a lot to talk about there. Um, but with The Force Awakens, it's a weird one. But it is a, it is a great one, because that time when that came out, it was so exciting. It was like Star Wars is yeah. back, and it's like bigger than ever. And it's just, oh, everyone's talking about it. Everyone's thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Everyone's thinking about buying a toy lightsaber just for a laugh. Of course. So I you know, so I can't yeah, say we, well, we all did. We all yeah. did. We all did. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, when did you get around to watching the originals? Like when you were a kid? When I was a kid, yeah. Do they yeah, yeah, do they have a sort of lasting impact on you then? Um, yes, because I feel like it was what I th- I I don't know what order I watched them in, but I think because obviously like stuff like Clone Wars and stuff was like on like Cartoon Network, which I watched as mm. a kid, and it was eventually on like Disney XD or whatever it was. But I think I, rem- I remember watching the originals and then not having like a massive impact on me. Like, yeah, they're amazing films, but mm. then watching Clone Wars and then going back to them, they had more of an impact. If that made sense. Yeah, I feel like as well because Clone Wars and like, like where the, the time where we grew up, sort of the early two thousands, like it was like prequel fever, really, wasn't it? I mean, there yeah. was not really, even though it was kind of dog shit in terms of the films, yeah. and the Clone Wars took a while to really get good. Mm. It's that that sort of culture we grew up in. I never really watched the Clone Wars until like a couple of years ago, and. Even then, looking at it, it's like I, I still remember being more attached to the prequels. Maybe it's to do with the yeah, Lego games as well. It's, like it's weird because I, I've, out of the three like trilogies, the originals are what I feel least attached to. Yeah, but I in think a weird way because it's like it's out of out of our time. Like you, yeah. yeah. So our time was more like the prequels and obviously Clone Wars and stuff like that. And I, the reason I feel attached to the sequels is because that's kind of what got me properly into star wars and obviously like all the stuff that's come out more recently mm. 
I think the originals are better films, and I think we'll talk oh, about with, that. Oh, you know, yeah. Doubt, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's no doubt about like without that. But I think when you're a kid and you get introduced to Star Wars, for me, I watched them in episode order. That's the way my dad did it. Um, mm-hmm. He was like, right, you can watch episode one first, which is a great way to induce a kid in it. Going, oh, here you go, three-year-old George, watch the Phantom Menace. Oh, <laughs> but I loved it as a kid because yeah. I had the Lego game to go along with it, and mm-hmm. I had all the toys and action figures, and that was something in my brain was, oh my god, because that's all the stuff that was out. Even though the Lego game covered the original trilogy, it was kind of like, you know, the the actual storytelling aspect was lost on me because, in fairness, I was like five years old. Yeah. Um, uh- I yeah. did it in uh, four, five, and six, and then one, two, three. Really? That's because obviously my dad, being a director and working in film and stuff, he yeah. sees them as the the better. He was like, "You're going to watch these ones because these are the better films." So, like, mm. he wanted me to watch obviously New Hope and Empire because they're just well, Empire's renowned, and yeah. So, mm. that, that's why that's why the reason I did it. Yeah, it's interesting because I think when I was a kid watching in that, in that order, the whole thing. We'll get to Empire, of course, and the famous ending and twist, and it's one of the most famous pieces of cinema history yeah i didn't give a shit when i was a kid because i was like yeah i don't i oh, already no. know <laughs> i already know that like i've just seen yeah. i've just seen this guy grow up i know i know he's darth vader like i know, I, know yeah. I get that um so it's an interesting like aspect to sort of look at it from our generation but i think they still have a lasting impact and i think as or at least i'll speak for myself here but i'm sure you share the sentiment where when we've grown up and we've sort of you know, still been a fan of Star Wars, the original trilogy starts to glow more and more as this, like, yeah. just phenomenal yeah. piece of filmmaking and just how it's cemented itself. Yeah, it is, um, it's, the, it's the groundwork. It's literally the base layer of Star Wars. It's, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's everything's everything is set around it. Like, literally everything. Yeah. It is and, just the fundamentals. And I think we'll talk, we'll go into the new uh, into A New Hope now, or Star Wars originally, yeah. uh, before it was eventually renamed A New Hope. Um, I think is an excellent film, and and not only an excellent film, but I think it's he's one of the best Star Wars films. A lot of people obviously go for Empire now, and we're going to talk about this because I've got. I mean, I don't necessarily think New Hope's better than Empire, but I think it is a fascinating piece of cinema. It really, oh, really is. Yeah. Because it's for me when I rewatch it, it's one of those ones that I, I did a Star Wars marathon last year. I'm sure I talked about this in the previous um, podcast episode we did on Star Wars, mm-hmm. um, where I started with the prequels, you know, watched Clone Wars in order for the first time, Rebels, Rogue One. So by the time we got to the original trilogy, obviously there's been so much content that I've just consumed before I even get to that point. However, it has to be said that watching A New Hope was, it, it made me appreciate everything so much more. It's not only a film that works within the context of a universe that's been expanded on it for 40 years since, but it's also a film that works in itself. It's like, yeah, it doesn't feel... You know, if you want to watch it with the mindset of, oh, it's got all these connections, like Ahsoka's doing this, Darth Maul's doing this at this moment. Well, Darth Maul's not doing much at that moment. But um, (laughs) (laughs) um, to have that, but then you can also watch it and be like, this is it. This is the only universe. The planet's explored it, that, that... that's it you know you get references to like wider things and stuff like the clone wars and luke's um Mm -hmm. heritage but the one thing i really adore about this film is it is just its own film you can tell when they made this that they were not sure that they were going to get to make more this was george lucas's flash gordon attempt just there and it's beautiful for what it is yeah it's uh i don't know it's it's just every single like because i usually most uh, i probably won't do it this year but most christmases i will watch all of them like one through mm. nine, whatever. I'll watch all the all all like the the episode ones, and I don't know what it is, but it's just a new hope. Just you can't not enjoy watching it. 
Like, yeah. even if you aren't a, massive, a fan of Star Wars or anything, it's like it's just an absolutely outstanding film. Like, yeah. it, it, you just you can't. Obviously, it does have its faults, and all films have have their faults. But yeah, but for but the even, time, yeah, but like, but I mean, for the can't... time, like, you can't. You literally can't. Like, y- you will enjoy it. It's yeah. just, it's just crazy like that. But you look at stuff like the budget and like the way it was put together and why it was put together. Yeah. Like, you know, the reason behind why. George Lucas even made it, it, like because he wanted to get the rights for Flash Gordon, but couldn't. That sort of thing. Um, it's 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 just an incredible like story about how it was even made, and the fact that it's become such a fantastic thing. And I think generally, even the renaming and doing the prequels, in a way, was a stroke of genius because I love watching hours and hours and hours and hours of media to get to the first first film. Yeah, sure and then are. getting to watch it and be like, wow, this is how it started. Mm-hmm. But I've already watched so much content. Yeah. I love that. Even like the even the behind the scenes, like the techniques that they used, and they they were like they, they were relatively new for the time, which it's just it just shows yeah. like some of the te- with the budget as well, the techniques that they had to use. It's 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 amazing. It's and that's something we will praise this for is the um obviously in the prequel trilogy is a lot of CGI, a lot of CGI, yes, a lot of CGI, and although. You know, we're never really going to see an official release of the original cut of New Hope, Empire, Return. Um, we have to stick with the special ver- um, special editions with added CGI, in, um, mm-hmm. which we may as well talk about. Because it, it, this always grates me. The worst, actually, I think, with the New Hope, I think it actually gets better with Empire and Return. Not the CGI, it always mm-hmm. sticks out, but they use less of it, I think. Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, maybe Return of the Jedi replacing that whole Jabba's palace. Well, not even eh, horrible. <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, yeah. But a New Hope, I think, there's like it's such a shame because I most recently watched it on 4K, which I would mm-hmm. absolutely recommend if uh, you know yourself or anyone listening can get a hold of a 4K copy. They're, they're they're going like quite like around at the moment, but if you get the opportunity to experience the original trilogy on 4K, do it. It's the best way to watch it. It's it shows up. It shows up a lot. Like when they're in space, you can kind of make out the the individual, like the li- the lines around like the corner of the individual frames of the ships that have clearly been layered on top of the space scene. Yeah. But I love it. I love it as someone who like is fascinated with filmmaking and loves the industry and is is so fascinated by this as a piece of cinema, opposed to it being part of a you know like a small cog in a big machine. Yeah. as its own film and it's the only star wars film i could ever say as its own film works in that sort of weird way but i love it but what i will say is the cgi from the special editions which is still in there is showing up even more because you can upgrade film you can take the, the classic look and you can you can refine it and make it look incredible by modern day standards the one thing you cannot do is fix shit cgi <laughs> and this the 4k versions of the original trilogy prove that better than any other film tv show piece of media i've ever seen shit cgi can never be improved no matter how decent it might be at the time fuck yeah it's awful yes. it's absolutely yes. ridiculous it's terrible it's uh yeah it's not it's not ideal really um yeah. Yeah, no. Have, have you ever encountered the despecialized editions? I've never. No, I've never. Because yeah, they don't exist in 4K, which is the downside. Yeah. But they are on Blu-ray, and you can get them online mm-hmm. legally, so long as you actually own the original, or like as long as you have a Disney Plus subscription, or you yeah. own them on Blu-ray. Um, and you can you can you can find them perf- like pretty mm-hmm. easily, and they're 
they're excellent. Yeah, I think I remember you saying a little while ago. Remember us having a conversation about them? Mm. I think you just got them and watched them. I don't know if it's the definitive way to watch it. I don't know if I'd say mm-hmm. that. But I think if you're going to rewatch it and you're a big fan of Star Wars and you've never seen them, it's worth a punt. Like, it's still yeah. HD. It's been very painstakingly, like, fixed up to be HD widescreen version of the very original cut of Star Wars, where it's not mm-hmm. even stuff like the title cards and, like, all that sort of thing. All the CGI is gone you know, daft little things that are added in, especially stuff in Empire and Return of the Jedi. I've never actually seen Return of the Jedi despecialized, but obviously I, I'd like to see the Jabba's Palace scene without all that yes. mess in the middle of it. Yes, right. That would be ideal. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, as a story, A New Hope introduces lots of um, fascinating characters and concepts and, um, and worlds. And I think obviously one of the best heroes and villains and even just side characters of all time i mean darth vader will start with uh introducing this film of course for the very first time in cinema what a presence you know what i mean oh, it never gets what, old like literally a stable villain across all of cinema history yeah it, it's it, it it's crazy to think like even like if you speak to like a kid like a kid would be like three, four years old, mm. and you name, and you get him to name some villains. Darth Vader will like ninety yeah. percent of the chance be on there. Mm. Oh, 100 percent. Thanos it's now crazy. as well, probably. Yeah, Thanos but... now as well. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, no, Darth, Darth Vader is one of those. Yeah, one of those staples. Yeah, he's just, definitely. Yeah, he's yeah. It's, 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 it's like, no, I think yeah, it's one of those ones where it's he's instantly recognizable, but not even by looks. I think. Anyone yes. who hears that breathing, you know exactly mm-hmm. what it is. You don't even need to question. Even if you've never seen Star Wars, you're like, that's Darth Vader. You know Yeah, that's that. the other thing. Even people who haven't seen Star Wars or know barely anything about the franchise. Yeah. Everyone knows Darth Vader. Yeah. Everyone. It's, it's, it is fascinating and it is, it's, it's, a, it's a great, um, it's a great inclusion. And especially like as an introduction, it's a, it's a fantastic way to introduce the character. Um, you know, bringing him in in this sort of way you introduce the stormtroopers they're quite an imposing force yeah the smoke dissipates and darth vader enters the room and it is just he, just brilliant and I, again credit to james earl jones who's still kicking about nowadays who is absolutely yeah. phenomenal as the voice of darth oh. vader always has been yeah. always bloody will be um and he's he's in his like 90s now and i think he's still jo- i mean he's in rogue one i think like he yeah, still does uh, the voice yeah, every does, now yeah, and then. he does just still do the voice yeah which yeah, is just, just incredible just shows, doesn't it uh, yeah, yeah. It just shows. It. On the mention of on the mention of Rogue One, um, how do you think this film sort of works when watched sort of alongside Rogue One? Because we've not actually discussed Rogue One um, in these podcasts. I'm sure we'll probably get around to it eventually. But where do you sort of yeah. feel with that? I like it. I when Rogue One first came out, I wasn't too keen on the idea. Obviously, because at the time we were like, well, I was like, no Jedi, bad Star Wars film. Ooh, ooh. And, but like, then by the end of it, it like by the end of watching it and seeing how it per like perfectly leads in to uh to New Hope, I really like it. I've never yeah. watched them back to back, but I think I would I, like to, I, and I do like. I like that they did that. Yeah, I've done it once, and it was it, mm. it it's fantastic. It works yeah. perfectly, and I think yeah, it's one of those ones where it's like yeah, you know, the whole No Jedi thing, but I think it perfectly encapsulates the the spirit and the idea of Star Wars, and also it mm. plays on the nostalgia of other things as well. Especially after you've watched Rebels, there's even more to watch in there. You yeah. know, there's like references yeah. to that, and I think that in itself is fantastic. Um, 
but the way it ties into a new hope and again like watching it i think that's the thing about new hope is is that it constantly evolves even though it doesn't get touched yeah it's well other than the 90s of course it it's sort of <laughs> it's a fantastic film in its own right but it's a fantastic part of a trilogy and then it's a fantastic mm. sequel to rogue one because it follows on perfectly it's a fantastic it, it gets stuff built onto it because of the tv shows and other stuff and i think it just makes it so much better and more enjoyable. You can go into this film with so many different eyes and get a different, totally different experience out of it. Yeah. And I think that's the most powerful thing about this film. Not only was it the beginning of one of the most iconic franchises of all time, but I think it really stands apart with how many times you can watch it in, with different interpretations and different viewpoints from its own franchise. Mm-hmm. Like you said, uh, even like literally any angle that you watch the film from, whether you're you just want to watch that film because it's a, a very good film whether you want to just watch the original trilogy whether you're a massive star wars fan and you watch everything whether you watch rebels and then you want to watch it whether you watch rogue one and then you watch it no matter where you go into it is amazing it is an amazing film like yes if you watch some of the other stuff you'll get more out of it but you don't have to by itself it's an absolute stable and it, it's it, yeah it, it's it's the beginning of literally everything of for, for star wars yeah. And it's an absolutely solid groundwork for it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, again, as a story, we've not really delved into it too much, but it has so many fantastical concepts. I don't really want to dwell on the thing. I think because if I address these films as a sort of standard film review, you know, everyone's going to be like, yeah, we've already heard this. Like Everyone's talked about Star Wars. Everyone knows it. But I think as just, it's, it's a fantastic piece of work. You know, without having to break down all its story elements and tell you why it's good, it just is. It might not be Empire. It might not be the most dramatically efficient but what i really love about this film is it is the classic um it's the classic hero's tale it takes yeah. inspiration from the classic works of stuff like flash gordon in the sort of cheesy sci-fi kind of way mm-hmm. but as well as other stuff like you know um probably there's probably some shakespeare stuff in there to be quite honest with you yeah. it's the way it brings together lots of elements of um history as well as pop mm-hmm. culture i think is fascinating mixing the sci-fi with your sort of your samurai you got your pilots yeah. in there, so you got a little bit of like, um, I don't know, if to- Top Gun probably wasn't out at the time, but that's sort of, I can't, I'm trying <laughs> yeah, to think no, of the right like word. Kind of like, yeah, I know, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, kind like, of like sort the, of, yeah, yeah, like the piloty kind of, kind of action pilot, kind yeah, of like films like or TV shows, jet fighters and all that sort of thing. Those yeah. sort of even early sort of 1900s, any sort of action kind of films that you know, it's just like King Kong with its flying planes around. It's like yeah. you've got those elements in there it brings in together again like stuff like the samurai yeah which i think is fascinating it also incorporates its own like western point of view in certain aspects yeah. as well which is obviously mm-hmm. explored and delved into more in the mandalorian um yeah. but yeah i think it's a it's a really brilliant start and i think it's a great film I, and i hate i hate saying anything negative about it as you can probably tell by this podcast <laughs> but i I really don't. I, you know, it, I think it is in some aspects worse than Empire because obviously Empire has a lot more hard-hitting pieces. I think Empire has a lot of things that are better with it, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. But I think A New Hope goes so underappreciated because it is a brilliant film in its own right. Because of that sort of thing where you can look at it however you want and you can see it with any interpretation and, and, and get it and love it and whatever. Um, but the way the film just displays itself it's it's simple it's easy to understand mm-hmm. it introduces yeah. you into the universe if anyone's like oh i want to start star wars where should i this one <laughs> this one yeah. i would never in a million years go oh yeah watch the phantom menace Could- see the I, I i've got a system for it 
of how I how I tell people. People come to me and go, I would like to watch Star Wars. How do I begin? Okay. I say to them, do you know the massive plot twist that is related to Star Wars, which comes in Empire, which, like, currently 100% of people do know. Mm-hmm. We all know what it is. The bit, One of the biggest plot twists. Can't spoil it, of course, because I say that for Empire. Yeah, um, of course. But... Yeah. Spoiler go... warning for a film that came out in 1980, by the way, <laughs> yeah. guys. Just FYI. <laughs> just in case you Spo- do live under a rock. Spoiler alert for one of the most famous movie twists of all yeah. time from the 80s. But yeah, so if, most people do. But if they go, yes, I do know that. But I would, I personally say watch 1, 2, and 3, and oh then watch God. 4, 5, and 6. No, I couldn't. I couldn't. Because I know it would put people it's off. Because story, it's story yeah, order. you're right. You're right. But I'd say... It's in a way you're right, but in a way you're also very wrong. <laughs> I don't yeah. know because I I don't know I, I I see what you mean. I think for me it's mm-hmm. like I if I was to introduce someone to Star Wars, would I? I don't know. I if I I, I, I obviously most people know about that plot twist, but I think yeah. it's one of those things where it's like I don't know. Maybe you're right though. I don't yeah. know. In if, a way, if I have children. I will sit my child down and I will go, son or daughter, you will watch four, five, and six, and then one, two, three, and then seven, right. eight, and nine, because that that moment in it is beautiful. And if you don't know, if you for some reason didn't know that, then mm. yeah, it's a, it is absolutely be- like I love because you can find like the reactions from when it first came out. Yeah, but we'll move on to that. We'll move on to Empire. I think there's some fantastic stuff though because it's great when you see. YouTube reactions of people who have never seen it before. Mm-hmm. It's very rare that they haven't seen the twist from Empire because everyone knows that. But even just watching these films and seeing their reactions to it is so magical. It's yeah. like the same where it started. I know a bit of cheesy being magical, but it, it it's like it is in a way because it's such a famous franchise and it had such humble, small scale, low budget beginnings. You know, um, and the New Hope. The New Hope. A New Hope really sort of just <laughs> encapsulates that. And I think we're starting to reference Empire more and more and more. Before so, we move on to Empire, we'll have mm-hmm. to just mention the music from A New Hope. Okay. Just have to mention the... I don't even know how to... Like, it is... Some of these sounds, some of the, these scores that come out of New Hope, they, they are just Star Wars. They encapsulate Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Would yeah. you not agree? Like, I think yeah, I, I I totally agree. I think it, in terms of in terms of music, I think it is. And I look like even some of the like obviously the Cantina music's famous. Yes. Um, I think this is a fantastic starting point. And obviously, introduces some of the main themes of the of the franchise as a whole. I think for me, I I don't criticize it, I, but I I praise Empire more for its music only because I feel like it builds on it more in, and yeah. it it makes it iconic. You know, with this film, a lot of the stuff, like the Force theme isn't the Force theme. Yeah. It's Obi-Wan's theme. Yeah. And it eventually becomes the Force theme because of the way it's adapted and played yeah. with. And I think this the film, the, the music is undeniably brilliant in all of the films. Yeah. John Williams, oh, well. Yeah. Other than, weirdly, other than Rise of Skywalker, I think that's absolute. Yeah. I don't know, understand, I don't understand what <laughs> happened there. But it's not John Williams' fault, you can see, because there's so much there. I find it weird that there's no prequel music in that. I hate that they used Edula Fates in one of the trailers and it didn't appear in the film. Well, but, that's the well, thing. It's a specially composed fast. new version of yeah. Edula Fates, which wasn't ever released. I think that says a lot. And I think yeah. there's a there's a thing as well where it's... You kind of have to... 
there's a fantastic video actually. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Um, there's a fantastic YouTuber who talks about music. I think it's called Sideways, and I definitely recommend watching this. It's a fantastic video where he breaks down the music of Rise of Skywalker, and um, sort of discusses it and 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 sort of explains why it's a total mess in terms of yeah. its music, and no, it's not down to John Williams. It. I think it's a fantastic it's a fantastic thing, and we'll talk about that probably when we talk about Rise of Skywalker because I'm I'm. Mm. Since I've seen the video, I'm so angry about it, and I'm so equally <laughs> as passionate now. Where I'm like, there are hundreds of tracks. They must be that John Williams has written, composed that were just never in the film because of certain things. You know, there's weird, there's weird things. It's like, why is the Emperor's theme playing when the Millennium Falcon is flying away from Tie Fighters? The Tie Fighters are from the First Order, not the Emperor. The Emperor didn't send them, so why is the Emperor's theme playing? It's like little things like that where like the whole series up until episode nine has it a very strong understanding of it, the fundamentals of the music in Star Wars. And I'm using this sort of criticism of Rise of Skywalker to backpedal onto a fantastic point about the original trilogy where it is the music is unparalleled. It's not just brilliant music, it's an understanding of the thematic resonance of the music. Very that was yeah. very that was very contemporary media, that wasn't it? Very, very. <laughs> but it, it, it's it's understanding what the themes mean for the characters, what the motifs represent. Um and obviously Empire and uh, well Empire does that more, I think. Return just adds a few new things in there, but I think Empire is a fantastic example of that. Um so yeah, I think we we might do is we might hop on our first little break, and then when we come back, we're gonna be talking about the the famous Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back. Yes. It's the top rated one, isn't it? I think it's the top rated Star It's the one that everyone it. likes, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. see you all in a minute. Okay, and welcome back. We're now going to talk about Empire Strikes Back. But before I do, before we do, um, there was something during the break that you mentioned to me, and I thought it'd be great to show, well, <laughs> great to show on the video version of this. Of course, if you're listening on Spotify, Apple, Google, this might end up being on TikTok. It probably will also be on YouTube, the full version of this podcast. So check it out on my YouTube channel so you can see this little segment here. But there's a fantastic thing you showed me, and I want so, you to... So for Christmas, not last year, but the year before, I got... It's a, a basically it's a coaster. People who it, you can't see because the reflection very well, but it's as a new hope. But if you zoom in, I try and it's a. I'll see if I can. I'll try my torch and see if you can see it. I don't want to blind. Uh, but you can kind of make out that it's it's an original piece of film from uh, the original uh, New Hope, um, and it's it's the scene when uh, Obi Wan or Ben Kenobi, Han Solo, Chewbacca, and Luke are all in the. Um, the Millennium Falcon, uh, and basically the, the guy who I got it off had to remortgage his house to buy uh, to, to buy the original film for, because basically the business is he, he buys the films from uh, and puts them in courses and does the stuff like this. My dad's got a Back to the Future one, because obviously that's that's his favourite wow. film. Um, so he, the guy had to remortgage his house to buy the, uh, to buy the, the, the New Hope one. Oh, a wow. New Hope one, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> yeah. That's some dedication right there. That's a gorgeous yeah. little like piece of 
memorabilia yeah. to have. That's fantastic. It's art. I love it. It's my go-to coaster. It's brilliant. Just sit on my desk. It's class. Your go-to coaster. Oh, I'd be I'd be framing it, triple framing it, sticking it on it <laughs> behind a safe wall. <laughs> no, it's, um, it's just nice to have it's a nice bit of memorabilia to have no it's fantastic it's absolutely brilliant um moving on to uh the the next film of the trilogy of course empire strikes back we touched upon it before there's a lot to talk about with empire strikes back because it's everyone says it's the best star wars film i don't think they're wrong i just think it's a very easy thing to say easy because it's undoubtedly the best star wars film easy to say because easy to say because it's people's go-to i I feel like if you've never seen it or if you've never seen any star wars film and someone asks what your favorite star wars film you could like confidently say empire i think it's the best but it's not my favorite yeah i can't you know to be fair actually in fairness i I probably should clarify it's yeah that's kind of where it stands for me is i think it is the best made it's far from my favourite, yeah. though. Yeah. That, what is, what is your favourite, out of curiosity? Revenge of the Sith. Oh. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Without a doubt. Like, we don't even have to... It's like, there is literally... Yeah. Like, e- but even for me, it's like... Empire isn't... For me, Empire isn't top three. Mm. Like, yeah. like... But but there's a difference between favourite and best. Like, I can say something is the best. But just because it's the best doesn't mean it's my favourite. If mm. If it was the best, then it would be everyone's favourite. But yeah. it's not because, for me, with a favorite like Revenge of the Sith, a lot more goes into it. Which, if you listen to the last podcast, <laughs> I'd, I've, I've discussed it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot more that goes into Revenge of the Sith, and I have a lot more towards Revenge of the Sith than I do. Empire is still the best. Revenge of the Sith it's is not enough. the best. Film. I think. <laughs> yeah, no, it's very much not. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's one of those things where, as well, like there's with Star Wars and especially Empire as well. I think it is the best. Probably one of the best. But I think it's one of those ones where I think the quality of Star Wars generally is so similar yet different. Similar in the way that, um, like, across all of the films, there's a sort of similar level of quality where it's like, there's some good storytelling beats, there's some bad storytelling beats, there's some great visuals, there's some shit visuals, there's this, there's that. Empire's the best of that, I'd yeah. say. But then it's different in the way where every trilogy is different, you know? The original trilogy is a, is a very classic looking and feeling film trilogy. Um, you go to like the prequels and it's a CGI fest because that's the time of the early 2000s and sci-fi yeah. and all that. Really pushing the boat out, experimenting. And then you've got the sequel trilogy which is in a way too safe. It looked too good. It looks, it, you know, it looks very modern and very, you know, mm-hmm. it's fine. But nothing different and out there and interesting. And I think to compare is very, very difficult. Um, but Empire Empire is probably, you know, it's understandable. When people say it's their favourite, when people say it's the best, it's totally understandable. And it is absolutely deserving of that. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I, fu- I fully agree. I feel like it. what you said about all the films have their ups, they have their downs, but Empire definitely has the most ups. Like, mm. it is just, it's just renowned. It's, it's just beautiful. Probably the greatest sequel um in cinema oh, history yeah. i'd probably say yeah. i mean it's not exactly fighting out greece too but you know it's <laughs> uh it's <laughs> no it's it is excellent and i think it it's obviously it's famous for its ending and, and obviously that that famous moment on cloud city um yes but i think generally as a whole film i think it's it is incredible from the stuff in hoff and the the sort of landscape and the atmosphere that it builds um 
the music, as we talked about before, I yeah. think it builds yeah, on the, the music, music so, oh, yeah. so well. You know, um, with, of course, the famous Imperial March, which gets introduced in this film. You've got some fantastic side stories. I love the bits on uh, Dagobah um, with Yoda. I think those scenes are incredible. Yeah. Again, pushing the boat out in terms of in terms of practical effects, using puppetry and all that sort of thing. They had a bit of that in the first film with like the cantina, but really having Yoda as a main character and someone who's supposed to be a very strong and intellectual Jedi, I think, is is a very yeah. brave move to have him done almost in the same style as Kermit the Frog. But it 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 it, it works, you know, it works yeah, and it, it yeah. is incredible in its own right. The music obviously elevates that, I think. This is probably some of the best music some of. It is the best music really from John Williams' Star Wars. Uh, yeah, it is. Star Wars. There's some yeah, fantastic stuff in the, the prequels. Best. There's some fantastic stuff in all the other films. But Rise of Skywalker. But this is... Um, but I with, don't know why you were saying it by name. No, I can't, <laughs> I can't, I'm not going to go through all of them. <laughs> God, there's so many! <laughs> um, right, now, for your sake, it, the, the, the music's really good in The Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, <laughs> New Hope, Return of the Jedi, um, Force Awakens, Last Jedi... Um, and of course, Empire Strikes Back. Um, <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> so you just wasted time. That's all. That's all I was doing. Um, but yeah, no, I think it, it it does elevate it, and I think it's it's a huge step up. It is probably the perfect sequel, really. If you're going to make a sequel, you want it to be The Empire Strikes Back. You want it to have yeah, that effect yeah. where it beautifully builds onto what you've set up in the first film, which already feels like a standalone, independent. In a film, this doesn't feel like that. It is definitely a continuation. But again, you can look at it through different lenses. You can look at it as part of a wider franchise. You can look at it as you know, starting some stuff up. Obviously, stuff like Boba Fett, you can look at in terms of his story in The Clone Wars, in Episode 2, his story where it goes in The Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett. It has lots of elements that stretch into the further worlds of uh, Star Wars, but it, again, does work very well in its own right as its own thing. Yeah, it's, it's like you said, it's it's a beautiful sequel, from uh, from the the moment the film starts, the stuff on Hoth, it's just the cinematography of it, it's it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Like even just the way that it's done, and then even to it has some very very n- noticeable moments in it from uh, across all franchises. People mm. want, like people strive to have the plot twist that that they had. Like and even again talking about the the behind the scenes and stuff to it, the. The what they went about to keep spoilers, uh, <laughs> Vader being Luke's father. We don't need to, to have a spoiler off. warning for a film hey, that came out hey. in 1980. <laughs> hey, you never know. You never know. You never anyway, know. Um, Some people live know. under rocks. <laughs> yeah, but just the the effort that they went to keep that under wraps, it it mm. was it was unbelievable. Like it, and, and it pay, it really paid off to to be able to it. it it's one of the issues with stuff nowadays is that everything gets leaked. I feel mm. like there are so many films that come out these days that you you already know everything that's going to happen. You already know if Spider Man, Spider Man No Way Home, for example. Yes. Yeah. I. But, I, but yeah. But like, it. it you're yeah. totally right, though. The industry's changed, but also mm. the the way it works. I mean, obviously, there's social media and there's leaks yeah. and stuff. But I think it's amazing how they managed to just keep this under wraps at the time. The fact that they filmed. Uh, a different ending. Yeah, originally they, they as gave well. Everybody, they gave everybody different scripts, and yeah. everybody knew different things. It's like uh, there was, I think there was maybe two, no, three, four people. There was very, 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 very few people knew mm. 
who uh and but even then they i don't star wars are good at that because it's shown again when in the newest season of mandalorian if you've seen the behind the scenes stuff from the last episode of mandalorian yeah. season two that 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 wasn't no one well no from what i uh, and i'm very active on star wars social media and the stars playing uh, everyone predicted who it was going to be. Yeah. People predicted. I put predictions out. No one knew it for for certain. No one could come out and go, oh, "Yeah, I've got a photo." But yeah, it's like they 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 deliberately cha- like completely change the game to uh, it's something that they do very well mm-hmm. is that they they don't get stuff leaked or obviously they they sometimes we get stuff leaked and stuff like that. But it, it's just it was very impressive that they did that, um, and it really 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 paid off mm. to have all of that. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. I think it, it's. In terms of hiding that spoiler, in terms of keeping it secret, I think it's it, it is brilliant. Even for the time, it's it's it's, but you know, not just for the time, I suppose. I think even for now, it, it's it's fantastic, really. You know, especially yeah. when you do look at stuff like No Way Home, which jokes aside, the film hasn't come out yet. By the time this podcast releases, and by the time uh, like we're recording this, three weeks. Yeah, three did weeks. you get your tickets? Yeah, and uh, no, not yes. Oh. I'm not going. To, I can't go at midnight because it comes out. The day I don't think there are midnight screenings. Oh, so they're not doing it. Oh, no, we don't I don't know. know. I haven't got anything. We're going to go like the week, the the week of it comes out because oh. the day it comes out is the day I go home from uni. So fair enough, fair enough. Well, yeah, good luck so either I'm way. Not. It's absolutely bedlam. It's like Endgame all over I'm again. Gonna say, I'm pretty sure I know nearly exactly what oh, <laughs> most of the stuff that happened in yeah. the film anyway. Yeah, I can uh, probably piece the whole film together by the screenshots that have come out. But and that's the yeah. thing, isn't it? I think there's so much that leaks nowadays from films, and it's amazing because especially with companies like Marvel who seem to have their own private hitmen. <clears throat> level of security when it comes to leaking stuff it seems like a lot of stuff does like slip through the gaps especially with social media and all that sort of thing so i think this does work not only very well in terms of its delivery in the film this twist but i think it works in history because it's so well renowned as at the time no one saw it coming not even the cast not even the crew like a handful of people knew and you know, it, that that's just an incredible, yeah, incredible moment. Yeah, it's even like even now, thinking about it and watching it, it it generally gives me goosebumps. Yeah, and it's one of the things from the that you take from the original trilogy trilogy is a lot of the stuff when it gets redone in whether it's shows or other films, mm. it gives me goosebumps or like it makes me emotional. Like yeah. that that's one thing that I t- that I will. Even though, I, like I said at the start, I, I don't resonate. The, the the originals are the ones I resonate with the least. Mm. Still stuff like that. Like the staples, what basically Star Wars is nearly built around. Like the music, the characters, it still gives me like proper goosebumps. Yeah, absolutely. That moment is always a, fun, like a moment you never want to miss when you're rewatching it. You know, there's certain mm-hmm. bits where yeah. you can flick open your phone and check your notifications. Or there's certain bits where you can go and get yeah. a drink or something. That is, I'm I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm fixated to the, st- uh, to the yeah. screen. It's a phenomenal moment in the film, and it's it's it still holds up. It still gives us like yeah, the yeah. the you know the effect, you know the music, the way it's performed, the visuals are sort of striking. You don't get that very often nowadays. Not to that level where it's like, oh my god, so simple, but so well yeah. done. Thing is, nowadays you'd have people on YouTube videos going, "Hey guys, I, my prediction, my theory for the uh, the new Star Wars film is that." Darth Vader is going to be Luke's father yeah. or something like that. I don't know why I said that like Norm MacDonald, but you get the point. Um, <laughs> he, God rest his soul. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing now. Um, I just get carried away. <laughs> but it's it's true. Nowadays, you, even if it was hidden as a spoiler, you have people 
waffling on and, 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 and theorizing and all that sort of thing. And there's nothing wrong with theorizing. I do plenty of it. But it's one of those things that... I love a good theory. It's so <laughs> preserved at the time of its release that because that wasn't the culture, that wasn't... You just... You still feel it. Modern films, even with plot twists, I don't think we're going to feel it as much. Yeah. I think <laughs> that a lot of films try to come close to it. I think Endgame has that a little bit. Because yeah, I feel end, like end no one really... That was another film where no one really kind of exactly knew where it was going. I feel like, mm -hmm. obviously, people knew about the time travel stuff, but, you know, spoiler alert, when Tony fucking dies, like, yeah. that's a thing where it's so... I, th I think it's something that people could have predicted, but not in that exact way. The spoiler and the reveal comes in how it's done, not what's done. Yeah. And I think that's how modern media has to do it whereas back with empire strikes back what's so effective about it is it is so simple he's his dad that's it i, I think for for me I, I can't imagine what it would have been like I, I i am someone who hates one of my pet hates is people deliberately spoiling stuff for people mm. like i hate it i, I had it for end game i'll quickly tell this story i was in school i mm -hmm. booked end game tickets for the day it released i couldn't go midnight because obviously I was in school, you know, got got to focus up. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, but good role model. Of, of course, of course. <laughs> but then went to see the Star Wars, the Star Wars triple bill. Yeah, I was going to say we went to see we went to see three we'll, Star Wars films. We will, right. we will quickly move past that. Anyway, um, so had tickets had the tickets booth for like two weeks. I was mm. off social media. I was dark on social media for like four days leading up to it. I was having nothing spoiled. I was walking out of school. And someone who hadn't even seen the film screams, Iron Man dies. And my heart just sank. Like, and some of my friends had went to the midnight release and I looked at them in, that, in their face. I was like, I can't believe it. Mm. Like, and from, it was that that really stemmed, I can't stand. And yeah. I can't imagine what it would have been like to not have been in my situation. Someone going, oh yeah, by the way, Darth Vader's Luke's father. And I, I, I was, uh, I'd probably just die. Like, mm. It's yeah. one of those things. I, that... But I'm exactly the same. You know about you know about my story with the oh, Last I, Jedi. Yeah. I yes. can't go into too <laughs> yeah. many details about the people involved with it because you know I don't want to name names. But there was someone yeah. who on the day, like I was seeing. I don't, was I seeing it on the release? You see with me. We yeah, but see did it. we see it on the on release? The, on release day, day. Or was it a couple of days after? It was the it, it was the same. No, it was the same situation with uh, my with yeah. It came out at the midnight, and we were going to see it on the day at on the day yeah and and what happened was someone came into the common room it was when i was in sixth form someone came in the common room again not naming any names but you know exactly who it is um, <laughs> and they were like oh what are you talking about oh we're just talk we're talking about star wars i haven't seen it so we're just like, we're not not spoiling anything it was oh i can't believe that luke died i well, i i was like yeah. no what are you doing <laughs> i i i i said a lot of words at that point which I I'm not going to repeat on this podcast. I remember seeing you after afterwards, and yeah, before we went yeah, to see the film, and you yeah, were yeah, and like, that was that was three hours after because this happened at lunchtime, yeah. break time even. This was like three or four hours after that, and I was still fuming. Yeah. But it wasn't it wasn't necessarily yeah. that. It was when I looked at like my mate again, who had been to the midnight release, and his face was just like it's that like, face, jaw drops yeah. like oh god, because it's like that face of why would if he do? if he was like ah, it's not you know. You, you wait, wait and see the film. You'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. Then I'll be like, "All oh, right, okay, that's fine." And then I wouldn't, even if it happened, and I was like, oh, "It's a shame I got that spot." I wouldn't be as bothered. But it's the reaction of, "Oh God, 
he's just yeah. ruined it. I'm like, oh, no, what's do? I don't. But it's those. Oh. It's those, just the big moments. It's like, ah, oh. but yeah, good. Like, but I, that, and that is one of those. Star Wars has always yeah, done it for me, though. The Rise of Skywalker, because yeah. we saw it on midnight, is the only one that I haven't had spoiled. Unfortunately, there wasn't really yeah. anything to spoil. It was just a bland, like, yeah. It's like a butter sandwich. Um, <laughs> whereas Force Awakens and Last Jedi both got ruined for me. Like Force Awakens by a, a meme on Facebook of Han Solo being turned into a kebab. I didn't have Force Awakens. I saw Force Awakens very early. I saw, and obviously I wasn't like massively into Star Wars, so it wasn't like I, at that time I didn't follow any like Twitter accounts or yeah, any yeah. YouTube channels or. Yeah. I just I hated that I, that that got spoiled for me, and I think as well it's just one of those things where it made my heart race in the cinema because when I can see mm-hmm. a scene that oh that's the same oh. Oh, God, he's walking onto that yeah. bridge. He's going to... Oh, no. But the thing yeah. is, it ruins it, because I'm like, I already know it coming. But I think back to the uh, the point of, like, Empire, I think it 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 is a testament of its time that that still holds up. I can't oh, yeah. remember the first Wait. time I watched this, and, I, and obviously, because I watched the prequels no, first, it wasn't something that came as much of a shock, I'm sure, but it still has that impact, because you mm-hmm. know it's cultural yeah. relevance, that when I watch these films, and I think that's the same thing across the board, not so much with Return of the Jedi, more so with New Hope and Empire, when I watch these films, it's like I'm there. It's like I'm there in like 1980, 1977, yeah. watching these films and like, just seeing it. Like, when I watch it, even though I know what's coming, I know what the story is. It's famous. You know, it's been parodied yeah. to death. It's been it's been taken apart. But it is something I sit down with and I'm like, I feel as if I'm there. I feel like I'm watching it for the first ever time. And I love watching a film like that. I love watching a film where it has those moments where I can watch Empire and he goes. Oh, you know, I'm your father. That's really Geordie Darth Vader, isn't it? But, um, <laughs> but then I'm like, oh, that's good. Oh, I feel it. I still feel it. That's the most yeah. important thing. Um, it's but... one of those things that if I could go back, it would be. I would love to. Yeah. To just wait, I'd love to be there and love to be in the cinema with the a full cinema when when that that line is said. Just to see that i know you can like google the reactions and stuff but mm, i just love to be mm. there just feel the energy of it yeah i'd love to feel the energy of the phantom menace because <laughs> i feel like that would be equally as entertaining in a very different yeah. way everyone's so excited going in and everyone leaves depressed um depressed. before we move on to return of the jedi i want to mention a brilliant character who is well i was gonna say introduced in this film but not really and that's boba fett I love Boba Fett. Now, Boba Fett was originally introduced in not Empire, not a New Hope, Star Wars Holiday Special. Oh god! Oh yeah. In a little, yeah, yeah. a little cartoon. <laughs> See, this is me, this is me citing my dissertation right here. This is me. This is me <laughs> properly in the uni mindset here. In the 19, uh, 1978, when they released the Holiday Special, Boba Fett first appeared as a cartoon. Um, what What do you think Boba Fett's impact is with? Um, Empire, but also Star Wars as a whole, and I wanted to ask this only because not only are you know not only is he still coming back as one of the biggest and best characters that people and fans are like absolutely adore, but he's also got his own series coming out very shortly yeah. next month, um, which will be about a month away from this episode release, give or take a few days, um, and I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm I'm very excited for the series. I feel like if when I when I first watched Star Wars, if you turned to me and gone, oh yeah, Boba Fett will orig- or, at some point in the future have his own TV series about himself, I'd be like, no, nah, that's 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 not allowed. He's one of those characters that 
when I originally watched, when I originally watched, uh, like Empire and, uh, and Return of the Jedi, he's one of those characters that I wasn't too attached to. However, he's he's one of the characters who has benefited very well from everything else that's been added onto Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Everything else that has come out about from Star Wars, he's for most of it had his foot in the door mm-hmm. and he's had some sort of development, whether that's um, in the prequels with <clears throat> Jango Fett and obviously the clones and him being in it as a kid, whether that's, we mentioned it again, Clone Wars is in Clone Wars. There's a lot of development. God, in Clone Wars, do you like Clone young. Wars? I absolutely <laughs> fucking love the Clone Wars. I'm sorry. It is, uh, I will, yeah. Yes, Clone Wars. <laughs> anyway, um, but even now, like, and the, it was weird because when, when Mandalorian first started, obviously we had the first season of Mandalorian. It was a massive success, mm-hmm. and then season two came around, and there were a lot of, <clears throat> a lot of casting announcements for season two. One of them being, Boba Fett's actor or. Who played the clone? Played the clone and played Django. It and... almost, it almost wasn't, but it wasn't even announced. Because I don't even remember. He was that. announced to be in it. Was he? He was announced to be in it, but everyone um, thought he was Commander thought Rex. He was going, everything thought everyone thought he was going to be Commander Rex. Of course, of course. <clears throat> Despite yeah. the fact that he appears in season one. Yes. Which is mad that I didn't. I rewatched season one before. I've not rewatched two, it since I watched it the first time. Since season two started, I before just before season two started, I rewatched season mm-hmm. one. It was last year, and I'm not watching it. And I remember being like, I, don't, I didn't really make the connection that they're on Tatooine and a mysterious figure walks up to Fennec Shand. <laughs> and the the sound, the sound, I don't know if you've watched the Boba Fett documentary. Uh, oh, no, I haven't watched it yet, actually. I've not watched it's it yet. It's pretty good. It's only about 20 minutes. But yeah, they, they, make, I, I, they yeah. make a fantastic point about it, which I never even realised before, is the sound or the, the, the Foley design that they used for Boba Fett's boots. Despite the fact that he hasn't got anything like metal on them, they made it mm-hmm. sound like he's got cowboy boots where they sort of like yeah. jing- jangle a little bit when he sort of mm-hmm. walks. And they use the same sound effect in The Mandalorian That's Season 1, and <laughs> not one person went, What was that? It's mad to me. It's mad to me. Talking of The Mandalorian as well, for those viewers at home, I forgot to mention when I started this. Look at this gorgeous Christmas jumper I've got. Beautiful. I sadly don't have one, yes. Yeah. I'm looking. We're searching. <laughs> We're hunting. It was either that or the Yogg's Cast official carrot for a cock one. Um, <laughs> I went for this, as you can see. We need to be the cheaper one. Don't know why. But there, <laughs> there you go. Um, but yeah, I think Boba Fett is a, is a character. Obviously, he's brilliant in this film. I think he is... If you know, it's one of those ones because he's a bit shit. In a way. Like, he's not really in the original yeah. trilogy that much. He's not, but yeah, he's not what's really. iconic about him is the design... The style, oh, yeah. the, the mystery it's... around him, like all of that is is so iconic. I mean, the Mandalorians exist because of how successful the Boba Fett design mm-hmm. was, you know. And to be able to bring that into, you know, expand that in Clone Wars and bring him back for the Mandalorian in that same, you know, it, it feels even more impactful. Even though he did barely anything in the original trilogy of any worth, it's amazing to see the character come back and be like, "Holy shit, it's Boba Fett he's kicking ass!" That episode of the Mandalorian where he's just demolishing stormtroopers is so entertaining. But like, I love that they brought him back in Mandalorian, but he wasn't yeah. a villain. I love that he was an actual, yeah, like he was an asset. Like 
uh, he was in it. He was a he was proper main character. Yeah. He was obviously he's only in the last few episodes, but yeah, like he's it's and with the ship and everything, they they brought everything back for yeah. it. They didn't just half arse it. Yeah, Slave One, which is of course a fantastic bit of I- bit of iconography attached to yes. Boba Fett as well. I don't know if that's still the official name of it. I I'm not going to get into that. I think it's a bit daft, know. but you know, yeah. So I think Disney wanted to change that's it from Slave it. One or something. It. Yeah, but I Dude, call it Slave yeah. One. That's, that's, the, that's the name yeah. of the ship. One, yeah. It's been that for forty <laughs> years. You know, I'm going to stick with that. Um, it's a great ship as well. Yeah, a gorgeous again, a, a fantastic piece of uh, iconography when it comes to that sort of stuff. As is generally like Clyde City and the whole aesthetic of this film, really. Um, but yeah, do you have any sort of summarized thoughts on Empire before we sort of shift on to our final break before talking about uh, Return of the Jedi? Great film, banging plot twist. <laughs> what it, literally? What else is there to say? Yeah, like great film. It has, some, it, but as a, what, just before we move on, like Empire introduces some great characters, like Lando. Mm-hmm. Of course, Lando. Lando's, Lando's like excellent. Yeah, an uh, excellent character, and again, did very well from the stuff that they added on to him later on. Yeah, in Re- Return, and then obviously the uh, solo film and stuff like that. But and obviously, we're getting great. a Lando Everything's series as well now. Yeah, oh yeah, we yeah, got yeah. a series as well. I'm we? still waiting for the Disney Plus uh, series for the giant penis worm thing that we see in this film. <laughs> still waiting for that. It's not going to happen. Still waiting for it. I reckon it'll be at least a couple of years. And then maybe. <laughs> maybe Kathleen will pull her finger out and give the fans what they want. <laughs> maybe. Um, I've just realised as well, before we shift on, this is very unprofessional of me, but I just realised we, we, we went through New Hope without even talking about the handshot first or McClunky stuff. True. Uh, yeah, we didn't mention all the different Greedo voice lines, <laughs> did we? Every single different iteration oh my God. of Greedo. To sum- could you summarise in one word how you feel about that entire like that entire controversy and interaction between? I feel like I know what the word's going to be. In wait, in one in word. one word. It's just shit. <laughs> There's literally no reason. There was no actual point. There was no act. There is no point not, in changing what do you not, Greedo do you says. Not like, for some reason, do you not like the way that Han jolts his head? <laughs> it's do you just not like that? So bad. <laughs> Does that no, not no, look natural? My to issue, you? Can my you not issue do that? isn't with this. My you issue not do that? isn't with the scene. It's the fact that every every single version of of new of a new hope that gets released, Greedo has a different voice line. They they did it for Disney Plus. Disney Plus's McClung- version of McClunky. a new hope has a different voice line from every other McClunky. version. Yeah, clunky in it. Now, it's, it's, why? <laughs> it's there's no point. It's fascinating though. I don't understand it myself, but I I love it. <laughs> oh, don't get right. It's so funny. It's like, but I I love it because it's like it's like a meme thing. It's yeah, the reason I'm I love, sure it was referenced. It's the reason in... I love the break the prequels. <laughs> Because it's the same sort of thing. It. It. Yeah. Did yeah. they reference McClunky in something recently, like Mando I'm or sure, something? Yeah. I'm sure it was referenced. I have to Google that. I'm pretty sure they, yeah. they might have done it in Mando actually. I think uh, that rings a bell. That feels familiar. Yeah, I feel I'll like Google Dave it. Filoni probably did something like that recently. Anyway, though, <laughs> enough McClunky yeah. talk. Um, we're going to go on another little break before uh, we eventually return and talk about the final film in the original trilogy, Return of the Jedi, and the introduction of one of my favourite actors in the Star Wars saga. That's the Emperor. <laughs> just, just, in case you, just in case you didn't get yeah, that. Just right. in case. See you all in a minute.
and welcome back to the third part of our Star Wars Original Trilogy review podcast episode. I don't know why I spaced all those words out, but it's fun, isn't it? Keeps the, keeps the runtime going up. Um, Return of the Jedi is the final film of this trilogy. And I think it's one of those ones where I don't know if we agree on this one. So I want to ask you what you think about Return of the Jedi before I bombard you uh, with my opinion. I think that it is the weakest out of the three originals. However, mm. prob- probably my favourite, I think. I think I would say probably. Because I just... I don't know. You're pro- just, pro- probably your favourite. Favourite out of the... Sorry, favourite out of the originals. Is your favourite out of the original trilogy? Y- yes. Okay. But... No, no, because that's fine. Like... I'm just, I that just took me out. That that was very out of nowhere. I wasn't expecting you to say that. Not a bad yeah, thing. I'm just, I just baffled I, me a little bit. I don't know why, but like, I don't. It's hard to explain. Like, obviously, uh, like, it's, I, I actually don't know. I just feel like, yeah, it's just good. <laughs> yeah, for me. Literally... Yeah, I think for I me, I, I think it's definitely the weakest. Yeah. I think for me, it's the perfect crux in a Star Wars ranking. I think it's right in the middle. I think it once you get to Return of the Jedi, you know you're flipping in quality. So if you're doing a list from worst to best, you know that when you get to Return of the Jedi, they're going to be good from here on in. Yeah. If you're going from best to worst, when you get to Return of the Jedi, you go, right, now the shit ones. So it's kind yeah. of in the middle where it's like, it's not that good, but it is... It is good as well. It has a lot yeah. going for it. Um, I think the opening at Jabba's Palace is very, very iconic. I think that has its yeah. own cultural, I don't know, following in itself, I suppose. That entire scene and iconography. The one thing I don't like about that sequence is, of course, Boba Fett just getting killed off. Killed off. I can't believe I actually said that. <laughs> we can now off. officially say killed I'm off. an idiot. He's not, he wasn't rule, killed off. But he, he rule was... number one of Star Wars is if a character isn't killed on screen, they're not dead. We've learned this. We've learned this. <laughs> but I think, yeah, so he's supposedly dead at the time. And let's say that is his death. That was a terrible death. Oh, yeah, it's awful. It's absolutely um, dreadful. Yeah, and I think it's one of those things... Yeah, I think that really takes away from that entire sequence. But the rest of the sequence is pretty good, other than Leia being put in a very unfortunate outfit. There's just, just no need, really, yeah. is there? No. Um, but I suppose that's Jabba, you know. Or was it George Lucas? Who knows? Um, or both. <laughs> both. Or both. Could be. Could, Could be. be both. Uh, a repulsive giant space monster slug man. Who knows what it I'm is talking what about? It is what it, it is. is, what it is. Um, Yoda... Um, fuck disappears. Yeah, that happens. Yeah, and we get confirmed that there's another Skywalker, um, mm-hmm. another uh, uh, Luke's sister, of course, who gets brought up in this film. We didn't even talk about the Kissing Empire, and I did, yeah, I completely forgot about this. Yeah, let's not. Yeah. <laughs> I think we leave it there. I think this so the film it in a weird way starts out very similar to Empire, which is my first sort of drawaway is that it feels like a mix of empire and a new hope opposed to it being something wholly original yeah it feels like empire in terms of its um well especially in terms of its opening big bombastic opening on a you know 
planet of undisclosed origin before everyone else ventures off to do their own thing and Luke goes to Dagobah. And then it sort of flips halfway through to, like, the Endor stuff. So then that's a little bit more like A New Hope, especially yeah. with the ending, um, with the, the Death Star run. It's basically the same mm-hmm. thing. It's yeah, still on a Death Star. It's still blowing it up. The only key difference, the big, you know, stray away from what we're used to with the other Star Wars films in this trilogy is my favourite character, and that <laughs> is the Emperor. Um, who was obviously introduced in episode uh, five, as a little hologram person who is now Ian McDermott, but it wasn't at the time. This is Ian McDermott's first ever portrayal of the Emperor in this film. And yeah, he's introduced into this and he's the big sort of crux of it. He's the best bit of the film for me. Not just him, but the scenes surrounding him, the music surrounding him. All of that sort of stuff, I think, is is pretty bloody good. In terms of the Emperor, I'm going to specifically ask you, thoughts? I think it's just brilliant. Like, it, it's amazing character. I think he's he's a perfect introduction in this film. It's kind of like that. It's like, how do you take Darth Vader, who is kind of meant to be this overarching bad guy, and somehow make an even more evil overarching bad guy? Mm-hmm. And that's just the Emperor. And But the introduction of the Emperor isn't just, like, it isn't just great in this film. It creates, uh, again, it creates so much more for the rest of the franchise. Mm-hmm. One of the best characters in the prequels is oh my God. Senator or yeah or mm. Palpatine or yeah whatever you call him. Like he's a he's just a, and even just the portrayal of the character and the way the character's written. This mm. old decrepit Sith Lord. Yeah, it, it doesn't move. Like he literally sits in a chair the entire time. Mm. But there's something that's, about the presence. That's it, though, isn't it? For me, there's something. It's... The one thing I love in film and TV is some evil old man. <laughs> that or or woman, you know. But most of my examples come from evil old men, like the uh, like Palpatine or, um, well, less evil but calculated and important. I suppose uh, Robert Ford from Westworld. Like yeah. characters like that really just strike me immediately. And with the Emperor, not only is it an old man who sort of knows more than it, like sort of all knowing kind of thing. He's ahead of everyone, but he's also all powerful, and mm. he's also having a lot of fun. And I like yeah. that. The way he cackles and takes the piss, I think that's the bit I like the most about the Emperor. And he does that in this. Obviously, that's expanded more in the prequels, which obviously we've already talked about. But this film introduces him, and the scenes with him, um, between him and Luke, and also the fight between Luke and Vader in his presence, I think is brilliant. We'll talk about the fight specifically um, now, but on just a side mention, even, again, with the Emperor, him sitting there cackling all the way through the fight. Like some sort of shit Sky Sports presenter or something. <laughs> just sort of just waffling on in yeah. the background. It's brilliant, though. I, I think that fight is probably my favourite, or well, second favourite, of the uh, original trilogy. I thought, obviously, like, the Cloud City fight is probably the best, isn't it? I mean, the Cloud yeah, City fight, yeah. But I think with this, it's, it is actually really good as well, and I think it does get underlooked because of how good Empire is. I think this has a really brilliant aesthetic to it because it's luke actually almost besting vader in a lot of cases but there's that rage in there there's that balance between is he going to be good is he going to be bad like what is he going to channel and vader taunting him eventually leading to luke you know cutting his hand off yeah that whole sequence is excellent 
uh for me anyway uh yeah i, I would agree everything <clears throat> everything in palpatine's kind of throne throne room is just beautiful like even down to the whole sets <clears throat> the sets are gorgeous mm. like just being that they're, they're in the death star aren't they the, the death star 2 yeah yeah it's been a long time since I watched it. yeah so even just just double checking they're in the death star 2 and even like that entire the area being able to, the glass window behind them it's just all it's all gorgeous mm-hmm. and even even the gods like down to the introduction of the god of the um the royal gods in the red they they just look they're stunning aesthetically yeah it's it's they, a... they match they match the presence that um like that yeah that presence that when you see palpatine and you hear him he, he has this mm. whether it's the young version whether it's the rise of skywalk version they they all still have that kind of that it is it is a sith lord like mm. it, it, it is the, the sith lord presence you feel that like obviously vader's the intimidating one through all of these films but when he arrives the emperor it's like Okay, well, Vader is obviously still scary, still, like, very impactful, but you can tell the Emperor's the boss here. And the fact yeah. that someone can immediately walk on the scene and you're like, ooh, okay, I wouldn't mess with this guy. Like, Vader you wouldn't mess with, but the Emperor, oh, that's a no-go. You just couldn't, even if you wanted to. You couldn't even think about messing with him because you'd already know. The, the Emperor's are just a different breed because all the other <laughs> Sith Lords that we see... <laughs> the Emperor but is simply it- built different. <laughs> He, but do you know to put it in simple terms he is built different because all the other sith lords that we see they're all about revenge and all about this kind of this murderous intent whereas mm. the the emperor just goes about it completely different mm. like mm. He, he is like no other sith lord where he just wants to intimidate yeah and he wants to to make luke bring out this the the, the fear and the the darkness that's inside of him mm-hmm. like he goes about it no way that well, that vader doesn't go about it and i still think to this day all the Sith Lords that we've seen, they, none of them have that. I don't know how to phrase it. None of them have that kind of that power that Palpatine has. The power of yeah. persuasion. Yeah, it's it's, and that that's it, isn't it? And that obviously the prequel trilogy is Palpatine's backstory, how he manipulated his way into the most powerful force in the whole galaxy. Yeah, this is less of a role, but it's important to have him here, especially in sort of wider context of Star Wars as a story. I do think, however, where this film kind of falls apart, because these scenes are fantastic, and we have done a lot of praising in these films, but where this film falls apart for me is just Endor. I can't stand it. It's all, it, honestly, it is genuinely really? so dull. I really don't like it. Like, I get it. So okay, when I was a kid, I got it. It's fine. But as someone who wants to be critical, it's just, I just. I get what they're doing, but it just doesn't mm. work for me as much. I don't. Maybe it's me, and I don't like the the sort of forest aesthetic. Maybe I really like the sci-fi vibe of all the other films. Even stuff like Tatooine has a sort of grungy, Mad Maxy style sci-fi aspect mm. to it. Whereas Endor, you don't really get that. And I think the Ewoks as characters just aren't too compelling. You've got stuff like the Tusken Raiders. You've got stuff like the um. Oh God, what's the be- beast thing called from Hoth? Oh god! Um, uh, Jesus, what one per, one per like... beast or something? Yeah, I think it is. I can yeah. be totally wrong, but Chicken but then Endor has yeah, like he walks Warwick Davis in a bear costume. <laughs> no, no, I know, it's horrible, but it's true. And I, it's... and I, I look, I like it. I don't <laughs> not like 
you know, certain aspects of it. I'm not like so so against it. It's in it's in mm-hmm. keeping with the rest of the trilogy. In fairness, it doesn't feel like it's venturing too far out. And it's too over the top. But I think, as a lot of people have said before, I'm definitely not the first per- uh, person to make this point. But it is very clearly in this one about that merchandising push. Yeah. Oh, little fluffy bears, great! So now they can get an animated movie out of it, which they did. Now they can get toys out of it. It's mm-hmm. less of making it for the art and making it for the story and more of making it for a little bit extra on the side and i know it's a nice thing in certain aspects but i just i can't get behind it and i think that's what really kills this film for me is the stuff with the emperor the stuff with vader the stuff with luke the themes and the stakes and the story and the characters are incredibly done and the opening is brilliant despite the boba fett thing this film really falls apart for me on the forest moon of endor and I, I just, I cannot, I don't know why specifically. I think it probably is to do with the Ewoks, but I just think it's just totally the opposite of engaging. You know, if Empire Strikes Back is sort of a, a thrill ride where they're on the sort of tail end and everything's going wrong and they're just managing to scrape survival, Empire, like um, Return of the Jedi just kind of, it's like, oh, they're on a planet of teddy bears. Okay. Like, at the end of Empire, I felt like they, the, the Rebels had nothing left. Mm-hmm. You know? It's a little bit, in a way, like the, the jump between Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. Nowhere near as bad. But with that, it's like, oh, right, the Rebels are at their, at their wit's end. They, they, they haven't got much left, you know? And then in Rise of Skywalker, they've got this huge base again. Cool. See, it's, it's different for me because I actually quite like Endor as a planet. I mm. like the... As an aesthetic. I like the forest... Yeah. yeah, as an aesthetic, I like the the forest aspect to it. I think it's it's quite a nice difference, and it, it gives us something else. Because obviously we've seen like the the ice, the snow, the the sand. It's it's something different. Um, mm. Mm. And even the Ewoks, it might be purely because I liked it as a kid, and it's it's like a nostalgia thing. But the stuff on Endor doesn't annoy me. It's again, I'm not saying that it's the best thing ever. It's definitely not, um, and it is definitely what lets the film down. But that doesn't annoy me. I, when I when I sit and watch it, I still enjoy all the stuff on Endor. I do quite yeah. enjoy the Ewoks because I, I like, that's the quite thing like the little... zone out. Yeah, so I, I still quite enjoy watching it. Like mm. it doesn't let the film down. It doesn't completely take my attention away. I do. Yeah, I think it's I one of those still, things still for me it. where I look at it as a concept, and I know I'm just you know it, it's pointless me giving oh I do it like this because I it's a totally different scenario you know with whatever. But I I think it's like. With a forest thing, you could do so much better than sort of like small bear type characters oh, who yeah. come across friendly Without who doubt, are like yeah, tribesmen. I like the idea of the tribesmen aspect. Why not have like beasts and stuff, like other things hiding in the forest that you can use? You had the speed bikes. Why not have some sort of giant insect type creature that could fly or something? Like stuff like that would have really made it like, oh, here's the Empire with all their arsenal versus... yeah you know, this race of indigenous people and the rebels. Opposed mm-hmm. to it being here's the Empire and all their might versus a bunch of rebels and some teddy bears. And the teddy bears win? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know about the that. The teddy bears take down big four-legged robots. Like, I, I see, you know, I, yeah. I, I hate I'm using the excuse that everyone does when they're talking about this film. It's such a typical thing of, oh, attack of the teddy bears. Some of it works and some of it is engaging, but I can't deny that I'm taken out of it. And it's such a shame because I feel like Cloud City is this advanced civilization where the finale of the film takes place. And then in 
episode four, you don't really get that, but you get the Death Star, you get Tatooine with the um, Tusken Raiders. I feel like in terms of all Star Wars mythology, Forest Moon of Endor, in terms of its like race of Ewoks and other stuff, it just it doesn't expand it as much as I'd expect. Yeah. It's the third film of the trilogy. They probably had a little bit more leeway in what they could do. Like, be adventurous. You could do speeder bikes, get some flying giant insects or something, or like just just some yeah. like more. Yeah, more almost mean, yeah. more adult imagery, not like adult yeah. imagery. I'm not talking to yeah. like a giant cock hanging out, but like, um, <laughs> but like I something yeah, I, a bit I, more gritty. And I, mean, I don't want yeah. to like blood and guts, but not you know teddy bears is like the very other end of it. I think it's teddy bears, but yeah, yeah Ewoks is like, well, like one very extreme end of it. Um, whereas the Tuscan Raiders, like they didn't feel like childish; they felt genuinely intimidating. Mm-hmm. you know and the creatures and stuff that were introduced in empire same thing that i feel this is the one thing where i'm like the creatures that are going to go against the empire are the ones that feel the least intimidating and they win it doesn't feel as right but it's a it's it's a very minor thing it just takes me out yeah. of it a bit and i think it's the first time and the only time in this entire original trilogy where i'm like eh, i don't really like this as much it is what it is I definitely don't like it as much, but it still has my attention because I do still like the stuff that takes place. It is it is gimmicky mm. at times. But yeah, again, I yeah. think that's just I think that's my inner inner child coming out that I do quite like the gimmick the, the gimmick. Oh my god, like the <laughs> the stupidness of it. I'll change the words. Yeah, like the yeah. Yeah, I I get what you mean. I think it's it's it is one of those things. But for me overall, as as a film, Return of the Jedi does work. I think it has a lot going for it. Mm. I think one of my favorite moments, which I would like to just sort of reference now, because. I think I prefer this to a lot of moments in any of the other Star Wars films. In terms of music, in terms of character, in terms of dialogue, in terms of just the whole aesthetic of this scene, it is one of the most beautiful and one of the most underrated scenes in Star Wars history that never gets talked about. And it is the conversation between Luke and Leia on Endor. At the end? Uh, no, when, when Luke's leaving to hand himself over oh, to Leia. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, and this fantastic piece of music plays called Luke and Leia and it's the piece of music which is probably one of my favourites in Star Wars history and it's very very rarely used it's it's never used in the prequels I don't think and it's used in The Last Jedi when Luke and Leia reunite very briefly towards the end of that film and it's a very impactful piece of music it's a very beautiful piece of music that's it has a, a perfect connection between those two characters then the emotional like performance and the understanding that Leia is his sister and that sort of that just it's it's fascinating and I think it's so it's so beautifully done and the the nighttime scenery of Endor with the huts and stuff I think looks gorgeous I think that entire scene is so underrated um mm-hmm. and I could just watch that on repeat for so long uh, in yeah. terms of this whole film despite the stuff I love about the Emperor and all that sort of thing one of my favorite moments of this entire original trilogy comes down to that scene that very human interaction between these two characters and the music and how emotional and fantastic it feels um because you don't really get a super like easy reunion between luke and leia at the end of the film it's like the party but yeah this is the this is the moment for me between them two where they that is their definitive if i wanted to show a perfect example of the relationship between those two characters that would be the scene i'd choose mm-hmm. um on the topic of that um we've sort of talked about all three of these films now i want to kind of sum this up with do you have um a favorite scene in terms of character in terms of dialogue in terms of music in terms of imagery whatever you want do you have a particular favorite scene out of all these films 
that I, I will I will say as well, I will push for a one maybe that isn't conventional. Maybe one that we haven't talked about today, or maybe one that we don't think like so I'm not looking for like the reveal I'll at the end of you, the Empire. I'll give you both. I'll give you the more not really as Okay. I mean it is still quite popular with a, a famous quote and stuff, and there is one that is very popular and very famous. So the not not so popular, not so well, it is quite still quite famous, but the famous, the famous line is when um <clears throat> When it's Luke, Vader, and the Emperor in uh, the Emperor's throne room, and the Emperor tells him that he wants him to strike him down, mm. and he gives him all the dialogue about how he needs to to come over the dark side and needs mm. to pursue that. I feel like it's, with, with, and especially with Luke's outfit change and the, the more black in Return of the Jedi, it, mm-hmm. they're really hardened in on this symbolism, and it is kind of like the start of oh maybe maybe Jedi isn't the the fully right way maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can be be both, but obviously it's not as fleshed out as it is later on. But it's kind of like that that starting point and those lines. It goes back to the persuasiveness of the emperor and how yeah. some of the lines that he says during it are quite like hmm, maybe maybe this is the the right way. Maybe mm-hmm. there isn't a definitive right way. Mm. That would be my non-conventional one. My uh, conventional one, very famous, is uh, from A New Hope with twin sons. Oh, and, oh well, that's beautiful though. We haven't even mentioned that to be fair. That's a very yeah, good show. That, it's absolutely stunning. Um music, symbolism, it's beautiful. Anytime they show any kind of twin sons, it's always beautiful. Whether when they whenever they play the music. At the end of season two Mandalorian, when Luke's revealed and they play that music, I was actually in tears. Like <laughs> I was I was genuinely I was in my girlfriend's living room crying <laughs> because it was like Yeah. It was the one thing that I wanted and it it goes back to the what I said before about how like it, it does, despite me not having too much to do with the originals, mm. it still does hit hard. It still does give me those goosebumps, and it, it was I, I don't know, it just yeah, it just made me quite emotional hearing it. But yeah, that would be my my quite famous one because Twin Sons is just it's brilliant. It's, it's, it's too brilliant. Yeah, it's 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 literally it's absolutely stunning. It's a phenomenal scene, um, and honestly, a very good note to end this podcast on. I think. Yeah. Um, do you have any sort of um, links and all that sort of thing? Socials, anything uh, you want to promote? Now's the space to do Co- that. Cooper underscore Britain on Twitter. Um, you'll you'll find me. I uh, reply to a lot of your tweets. There's a lot of shit posts <laughs> from from me. Um, but yeah, that's that's really it. But yeah, so. no worries. You can check that out in the. Um, uh, you can check the link to that below of this below. What am I even fucking saying? And you can check the link to that um, below this podcast episode. Um, so do check that out. And of course, if you want to follow us on twitter it is at spill your beans and on instagram it's at spill your beans podcast um because someone took the name um <laughs> and of course if you want to follow my personal accounts on twitter and instagram it is at gb thanks so much for listening and we'll see you all next week with what i believe is our final episode of season two for the podcast so see you all see you all later bye bye <laughs>